And now, the moment you've all been waiting for. You're tuned in to Tapped Out. Hosted by Brendan Tobin and Sean Levine. Only on the BetQL Network. And we got the whole gang with us. Enrique back in studio. Jake producing this thing. My co-host, Brendan Tobin. You know me on the sports machine, Sean Levine. And now we welcome into the show Eric Richter from the New York Post, who's sweating out this Michael Johnson, Diego Fajeda fight. He's got some Michael Johnson money going. Also told us during the break that he's got a Los Angeles Lakers oh, ticket at 42 to 1. Tell me what happened. You're ahead of me. What's going on? What am You'll I missing? You'll see it in five seconds, dude. All right. Hang on. Hang on. Oh, my goodness. Three, oh, my goodness. Two, one, and oh, my goodness. Diego Fajeda by knockout, and he put him to sleep. I mean, he's still – his uh, – Michael Johnson's feet are crossed on the ground. Yeesh, a my. vicious, vicious knockout. My wow. goodness, I appreciate you guys just – Stiff as a board. That live. Oh, wow. My god. oh, my God. Oh. Wow. Freaking sport, man. Welcome to the show, Eric. Um, that's a, that's, that's always a way to open fun. a segment. It's always fun yeah. when a guy uh, – well, it's more fun when a guy wins money, but it's also kind of interesting when a – goodness gracious, what a – dude, he put him to sleep, and then immediately, did you see that? Know, he it, gave him the pillow well, hand underneath. Here, yeah, like I, know, like I like how he comes in with the extra hammer fist, but then also holds his head. Like it's very – Right, got to hold you your head up. Wow. Yeah. All right, Eric, yeah, yeah, let's yeah. start there. Violent knockout. There goes your Michael Johnson money, but damn, it was entertaining. Yeah. I had Johnson around one, two, so I was like, "Oh, maybe he'll just you know, go to." I had go to goes to decision as well, so I had Johnson by decision. That's a rough call for the good guys, but that's all right. I had Chase Hooper before, so we're out here, you know. It's one of these things. You know, Michael Johnson's so fascinating because we were talking about his resume during the break because he's been in the game forever, and I feel like this is always the story of his career. Like he always will look good in a fight, but just never can close. Like there'll always be a slip yep. up. It's uh, it, it, it's tough to see because he's an easy guy to root for, but man, that was a that was brutal. Holy hell! I love what he said pre-fight. He was like, "I'm just trying to make some money." He's like, "I got, I got, I got a lot of girls I gotta pay, like with some <laughs> money." Like it was hilarious. And um, yeah, they were talking about that on the telecast, and like Bisping's like, "Oh, I'm happily married." It's like, oh. <laughs> anything else? On, anything else on this card, by the way, uh, Eric? That we're trying to make some money on now that yeah. we lost that Michael Johnson. Money. Yeah. All in on Edmund Shabazian. Um, I he's the golden boy. Uh, he was Ronda Rousey's prodigy. He left Rousey, which I think is important because we know that Ronda Ronda Rousey is obviously a huge name in the fight game. My issue with Rousey though is that she never had the best coaching. She was always always had problems with the coaching side. Um, so for me, I like I like Shabazian here. I think he's a way better striker. Um, I also like Fialo um, against Joaquin Buckley. Two underdogs. Um, I had Shabazian plus 190, but the closing line value there has been pretty solid. Uh, I believe it's down to like plus 160, though. So, um, you know, you're going to have to, you know, line shop, first round KO. Um, this is this is a good fight card for betting. Um, and, I, you know, I have a bet on the main event, too. So, you know, we got it all. Yeah, I was just, just about to ask you, what do you like in uh, tonight's main event? Mackenzie Dern, Angela Hill, what are the things that stand out to you about this one? I feel like if you trust Mackenzie Dern at this point, you kind of you kind of hurting yourself here. She's a favorite. I don't even know why she's this big of a favorite. I have this one like a minus one ten, minus one uh, plus one twenty, like in that area. But I think the line is just a little bit too long here. 
I'll go Hill. Uh, she's way better on the feet. And Dern's not a like a wrestler by any means. I mean, if she's going to like pull guard, um, kind of get her on the fence in the clinch, that's that's her roadmap. But I just trust Angela Hill's striking. When I'm laying money on a favorite, I'm never laying on like one one shot knockout power guys. I'm never laying big big money on that. Um, I need I need volume striking, and I need uh, I need you to push the pace. So I need volume striking. Um, just in case of like a decision stuff like that. So I need volume striking and I need a high pace on wrestling and stuff like that. Dern doesn't fit any of those uh, criteria to lay on a favorite. She's not a wrestler and she doesn't she doesn't have any volume striking. She's not a knockout person. You're really just hoping for a submission. If Hill's smart, which I, she usually fights pretty smart. I mean, maybe I'll get screwed on a split decision like Hill usually does. But that for me, there's no reason to lay money on Dern. I got you, dude. So you want a volume striker. You want bunches and punches. You want one-hitter quitter power. I got all that in a fight that was just announced this week. Dustin Poirier versus Justin Gaethje. The odds right now are close to even, so let's just say it goes off at an even money fight. What's your early lean on Dustin versus Justin? Uh, I'll go Dustin, and I'll, I'll say it because I think that we learned a lot after that uh, Michael Chandler fight. We learned a lot about Poirier. I thought he lost round one, um, and I think that Chandler – I, I, he obviously fights not very intelligently. We, we already know that. But, um, you know, for Dustin, I would say that he's going to – the leg kicks, he knows the leg kick game. So I'm not really too worried about Justin's leg kicks because Justin is well-versed in that area already. So then it's like, okay, well, who has the punching power? Dustin. Who has the volume Who has the volume um, advantage? Dustin's like, okay, well, then who has the ground advantage? Justin never has the ground advantage. So, you know, if, if when we're getting even money, I'm on Dustin. Um, obviously if, you know, money starts coming in and goes like minus 175, they could readjust. But, you know, if you're looking for like a longer term play, if you're looking at minus 110 on Dustin, I mean, he's, he's bad, man. He's a BMF. He's a bad man. That being said, uh, that was my next question. Hate or love that the BMF belt is on the line and it is coming back. Kind of hate. I mean, I, it's kind of corny, cool isn't it? It's, it's kind of corny. I, I, all the stuff that they do is, is a little corny right now. I don't really know what's going on over there. Um, I think it's like the power slap thing is kind of taking their attention away. They were clearly upset that the Francis Ngannou thing happened um, with uh, Francis Ngannou going to the PFL. Then they unload that day on all of their uh, uh, Such channels, a petty you know? move. Oh, God. It was like, you guys are crazy. It's like, okay, like Ngannou's going to the PFL. And, like, look, the Ngannou thing with the PFL, I have no idea how that works for PFL. Um, historically, if you give – you know, one or two fighters, a lot of say, a lot of money, and a lot of equity. Like, they, they, they gave Ngannou equity and Jake Paul has equity. So, for me, that's worrisome uh, if I'm from a company perspective. But from what I read and when I went into, like, a little wormhole about it, they have uh, BlackRock um, backing them. That's a lot of money. BlackRock is the financial institution in New York City. So, you know what? Maybe they can pull it off. If BlackRock is advising them on their financials and they have capital behind them, they can actually make a run here because money is what has been the problem. There's been no smart people with money coming into the MMA market. But when I found out that BlackRock is behind them, now we're we're I'm an we're, I'm interested to see what happens with the PFL now. Although Eric, isn't the next big step, no pun intended, finding a big opponent for Francis Ngannou? We know what the payday is going to be for his opponent. The guy's going to step in there and make a couple million bucks, basically more than almost yep. any fighter could make, heavyweight that is, yep. in his next UFC fight, save John Jones or maybe even Stipe or a couple of these other guys. How important is it now that they got Francis to figure out who the next guy is? That's a really good point. Um, I would say the I'll 
make a prediction and say that Francis Ngannou's next PFL opponent isn't on the roster. Um, they'll 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 bring somebody in. I, I can't imagine that they're going to throw out uh, like Bruno Camp Campolesi or however you pronounce his name. I can't imagine that they're going to throw him into you know Francis Ngannou world. And not for nothing. And I remember saying this after Ngannou knocked out Rosenstruck. That knockout was really scary because Rosenstruck gets hit once, his body shuts off, and then Ngannou lands like three or four more punches afterwards with his punching power. I think that there is a responsibility on the PFL side to find an opponent that is safe to fight against him. Because I, I remember saying, like, Rosenstruck's a big dude. I, I would say that Rosenstruck, like, was maybe, like, three or four more punches away from, like, serious brain trauma. So, for me, I, I think there's a responsibility on the side of PFL to find an opponent that can actually, you know, compete. Uh, mentioning uh, some of the other fights that got ruled out, and uh, we were talking about this a little bit last segment, but uh, Aljamain Sterling, Sugar Sean O'Malley, we saw the face-off between them. That's going to be the summer uh, what are your early thoughts on that one as far as uh, those two finally squaring off for the bantamweight belt? Isn't this hilarious matchmaking by the UFC? Aljo just fought, and he was like, all right, wrap it up. Going in August. Isn't that hilarious, the way that they do that? They, they, But you know what? To be fair, they've made it clear that they don't. They never wanted Aljamain as the champion anyway. Um, and Aljamain shouldn't be surprised by this. Um, so for him, I would say I, I don't really have any, like, um, I'm not like um, – I don't feel sorry for Aljamain, if that makes sense. Like, he's defended his title three times. definitely made a good bit of money here. Um, and he's fought very smart. Like, I had I bet Aljamain against Cejudo, and I felt really good about that decision. I, I was actually surprised that it was a split. I didn't have Cejudo at all. Um, for me, I would say that the bet is probably going to be well, – I don't even know what the odds are right now. But if the I believe when I saw them, it was open at, like, plus 175 O'Malley. I think that was good, but I don't know if the, what the odds have moved to. Um, if the odds had moved to like a minus 140, plus 120 type of deal, um, I would say Aljo uh, when it gets that close. But, you know, plus 175, the value of O'Malley. Um, so it just depends what it's close to. I saw the opening line, but I haven't seen it since. I think it's, yeah, the one I have right now is plus 235 for Sean, minus 275 oh, for Aljo. Wow, plus 235 O'Malley. I mean, come on. I mean, O'Malley, O'Malley does good jiu-jitsu. Yeah, and what does Aljo have to do to finally get some respect not only from the fan base, but from the promotion itself. I mean, man, taking out Piotr Jan a couple of times. Oh, yeah, but he did this and he did that. And then uh, TJ Dillashaw, his shoulder was out. Like, well, doesn't matter. what. Well, Henry Cejudo just came back. He was off a three-year hiatus. So we keep hearing all these different things. You brought up, we brought up together, Corny earlier. We were talking about the BMF belt and both shouted, ah, yeah, it's Corny, cheesy, I don't need it. When I think of Corny now in the dictionary, unfortunately – I think of Conor McGregor. He was so cool, dude. Eric, in our prime, or in his prime, I should say. I don't know what yours was. Mine was middle school. But like a few years ago. was somewhere like before you got busted with a radiator cap. Dude, my <laughs> face looks terrible. That's what happened, by the way. That's why I didn't get beat up. I took my radiator cap off yesterday and exploded all over my face. But anyway, back to <laughs> Conor McGregor. Thanks for bringing that up again, Brendan. Um, You're welcome. Conor versus Michael Chandler. Are we gonna? Is this, is this gonna happen? Because we know Connor talks a lot, but doesn't fight a lot. Like, is this going down? I'll have some information on that probably pretty soon. I'm meeting up with uh, Connor's agent next week in the city, so Ooh. I'm hoping uh, to get. Yeah, I'm hoping to get some information. Um, yeah, so that'll be pretty interesting. Audie's a Audie's a pretty powerful guy, so he'll have some info on that. Connor had said that it's gonna happen. That they're gonna announce it during the Ultimate Fighter. We'll see. I don't, I, you see USADA had a, a message is like, Connor has put Godin back into the testing pool, but he has to test twice negative. And it's just like, 
UFC can bypass that. Like UFC owned, like the UFC contracted USADA, not the other way around. Um, so, you know, that's, I, I think the fight happens. I like the fight with Connor, to be honest with you. I mean, he's big right now, man. He is really big. I, I, I like Connor there. He's massive. Um, so, you know, five round fight. I don't like that. I think that's better for Connor than it is for Chandler, just because of the way Chandler fights. Um, he's always just all gas. I think he'll just get, I, I see him getting clipped coming in cause he just so wildly comes in and he just like, just fires at you. Um, I, I'll take Connor. Actually, I already have a bet on Connor at, at even money. And, um, I think, I think that's the play. I think, I think Connor, I think Connor gets Chandler and then I want to know what happens next. That's like a big piece of the conversation that I'm going to have where it's just like, then what is he getting the title shot? Is it 171? Give me the belt or do you want all the belts? Get all of them. I mean, but like. I mean, how do we feel at 170 against Leon? Pretty good. But, like, if it's, you know, Colby, not so good. <laughs> you know what I mean? No, I mean, Colby's going to wear him out and, like, Colby will wear him out. Know, Leon. Especially, it, Leon look, especially, especially, well, I think the thing that's interesting with Connor, and there's so many unanswered questions with him, but, you know, I think we all have eyes and we can see, well, he clearly has done something or put something into his body to rehab, which kind of makes sense because, you know, he had his, his leg snapped in half. So I'm not, I'm not even blaming. I'm not a guy who's, who's prude about PEDs, but the one thing that I find interesting about it is the bigger he's gotten, the less special of a fighter he is. And he's always had cardio issues. And so now I'm wondering how is he going to hold up knowing that he's got all these muscles now, he's in a bigger weight class, and he already had cardio issues back when he was a featherweight? So I just – I don't know what that's going to be. He's getting older. He's in – I just – I don't know what the fair expectation of him, and even even against a guy like Michael Chandler, who's – yeah, he's not the best guy in the world. He's, he's very exciting, but he's also yeah. not a bum. Like, he could definitely lose to him. Yeah. So – when I, in November was when I met Audie's, uh, Connor's agent, Audie, for the first time. And we talked about kind of like what was going on. And basically what they said was that his recovery wasn't going as well as they had hoped as of November. So I don't know if he was on on the sauce during that time or if, he, if that's a recent type of thing. Um, but for me, like knowing that his recovery wasn't going well um, in November – that is a concern. That's like, you're really sharp to that, Brandon, like with like the cardio thing, all the muscle buildup, the lactic acid will build up because he has all these, all these big time muscle. Um, that's, that's a, that's a problem for Connor. Um, so, you know, it, it's, it's going to be the same story of Connor's career where it's, you know, kind of avoid the grappling and, you know, two rounds and hopefully, hopefully you got it within three, you know? So it sounds like you want to stay tuned to Eric Richter from the New York post because he may have some uh, some juicy information coming up within the next week, and then we'll bring you back on our show just to talk about it. Eric, you're the best man. Thank you so much. Yo, guys, let's go. Uh, let's go Heat. Let's go Lakers, and let's go uh, Angela Hill. He's got a 42 to one ticket on the Lakers to win the championship. Yeah. Brendan, if you're holding a if you're holding a 42 to one ticket on the Lakers to win the championship, what do you do with it? Do you just roll it up and smoke it right now? Do you tear it up? I mean, that thing's dead, right? I think they're more live than the uh, the Celtics are for sure, but it's not. Timothy <laughs> Butler, oh, this guy, Brendan Tobin, Sports Machine, Sean Levine, coming up next. I'm gonna fight this guy on your radio. You're locked into the bet, QL Network.